Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. And I want to talk about, this is a long one, but it's powerful, the gift of God's glorious grace. Amen? How I many know it's, it's a gift to have God's grace? And, and glorious is, is in there for a reason because it's, it's kind of like an excl- exclamation point on it. And when we get to this time of the year, we talk about this all the time. We know there's lots of different um, things going on. Every single family has different, it's kind of like Father's Day and Mother's Day. Every family has different dynamics. Some people are going uh, through crazy, horrible things. Some people are, are kind of having a good year. Uh, some may be having family problems. Some are having financial problems. All these different things, but I want us to remember more than anything, kind of going off last Wednesday about having a Christmas conscious that remember, especially parents, we need to teach our kids that this time of the year is not about gifts. It's about the gift. Gifts are great. All that stuff is fine. Christmas trees and decorations. We love getting together, but we need to get to a place where it's a celebration of what it really is. And if your Christmas is not a good Christmas because of the availability that you have to buy gifts for your family or not, or because your car's running the way you want it to, or even your health is the way you don't, you don't want it to, all those things are things that we wish would be better. But it doesn't take away from the true meaning of what Christmas is. And we, God wants us to get to a place where it, we're not focused on those things. They're just bonuses. We're focused on the gift of God's grace. And, and when we get to this time of the year, we, if you're in that place where you're lacking or you're thinking, man, I don't have money to buy gifts for my family or, or I don't have the money to buy the gifts I wish I could, all those different things, just get that out of your mind. It's not, it's not what's important. And if you feel that way, God wants to change your heart on that. Amen? Because that's not what it's about. Like I said, it's wonderful to be able to do it, but it's not what it's about. It's about focusing on who God is and what God has done for us. And I want to kind of show us that tonight. I want to give you a quote to start off with. This is a really good one. I'm going to say it a couple times. Our worst days are never so bad that you're beyond the reach of God's grace. I'm going to thankful for that. Let me say that again. Our worst days are never so bad that we're beyond the reach of God's grace. Then it goes on to say, and your best days are never so good that you're beyond the need of God's grace. Isn't that good? We just need God's grace. And God's grace is always there. The Bible says, my grace is sufficient for you. Amen? I, I just, I just as, 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 the, as more as I live this life and closer we get to going home and closer we get to checking out, I mean, every day we live, we're getting closer to checking out. Some are closer here than others. Amen? Uh, but we just, every day is counted. And the more you're here, the longer you're here, the more you realize what really matters. And it's a relationship with Jesus. We have something that so many people don't have. So many people tonight have all the things that some people would wish they had. Money and fame and all these different things. But they re- don't realize what really matters is Jesus. You know, I just heard this week, and some, some especially my Latinos, We'll know this. I didn't have any plans to say this, but I thought it was pretty cool. ¿Cuántos Latinos saben quién es Daddy Yankee? Let me know who Daddy Yankee is. Okay, I've never listened to Daddy Yankee in my life, but I know who he is. 
he would be like the Kanye West or the Jay-Z uh, for, for, the, for black people, for the Hispanics. He's, he's big time. And he just, I guess at a concert, he just did something that was really powerful. He stood up at the end of his concert and he said, I have given my life to Jesus Christ. And I am not ashamed to say that at this concert. And he went on, I'm not saying all the words he said, but he, he said, I'm going to make some changes in my life. Me and Carla were talking, he's probably... Uh, under contract for some, some you know, concerts and all that. I don't know how it happened, but he has, he has given his life to Jesus, and he, he wants to preach Jesus. But amen. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? Big time, known person. But the reason I said that more than anything was he said in, the, in, that, in his speech at the end of his concert, I've known what it is to, to have fame. I've known what it is to have money, to be, to be a top artist, all these different things. And he said, I realized I didn't have anything. What I needed, I did not have. And it was Jesus. So how many people out there today have maybe all the things you think you need to make you happy, and you don't, they don't have what we have that makes us the most happy, which is God's gracious gift of grace. Amen. The grace to be saved tonight. The grace to be born again. The grace to be forgiven. We're thankful that you're forgiven tonight. Ephesians chapter 1. As you get there, I'm going to read that one more, day, one more time. Our worst days are never so bad that you're beyond the reach of God's grace. And your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. As I read these three sets of scriptures, some of them a little lengthy, it's just going to leave you tonight with a powerful word. How many sometimes, know sometimes we don't have to fill in a lot of blanks? We just read God's word and it just ministers to us. So as we read this, understand that this is God's gracious gift of grace. Verse 3 of chapter 1. I'm going to read out of the New Living tonight. I usually don't, but I chose to tonight because it gives some emphasis on some things. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, just like David said. Remember, we don't ever talk about what we're going to talk about. The Holy Spirit does that with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. How many know we're blessed tonight? Not because of our bank accounts, not because of how our marriage is, not because of how our car drives, but because we're saved. Even before, verse 4, he made the world. I thought about this this morning as I was reading this. Even before God formed this world, this Bible tells me that God loved me. Think about that. Before he even made the world, he says, I, I loved you and chose you in Christ to be holy, and watch this, and without fault in his eyes. That ought to make us happy right there. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. See, this Christmas, it doesn't matter what our family dynamic is. We are adopted by God bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. That is what he wanted to do. God's, God has always wanted to reconcile us to him. And it says he get, it gives him great pleasure. When people are not serving Jesus, not only are they on the wrong path, God's not happy because he gave his son so that he could be reconciled to us. Now watch this. So we praise, here's the message, here's the title. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us. Do you realize tonight how blessed you are? By the time this message is, I promise you, you will. 
I don't, I don't guess. I promise you, you will. He has poured out on his, his grace who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he what? Purchased us, from, purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. That's, that's enough to go home on right there. He purchased us with his blood and gave us freedom and the forgiveness of our sins. And he has showered. That's why I like the new living sometimes. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and all understanding. I want to pray one more time. Lord, for the next couple minutes, bless your people. Open their hearts. Touch those that are watching online. Give us perspective tonight. Let us understand the gift that we possess tonight that is not something that can be taken away from us. That is not something that depends on our feelings or our bank account or our health or our car situation or our family situation or the world situation. It is a gift that cannot be stripped from us and it's greater than any gift in the world. It is freedom and forgiveness and grace. We love you for it tonight, God. Speak your word and devil, you're defeated in Jesus' name. Everybody said again. I was reading this week, here's, here's, the, here's the perspective, I was reading this week in the Gospels, or past the Gospels, into Acts and the Corinthians, and listening to Paul, and I'm just going to be honest with you, and I don't know if you've ever gotten to this place. I use Job a lot, you hear me, I mentioned Job a lot, so now I don't want to talk about Paul, because there is nobody on the face of the earth that's lost, that lost more than Job. But let me tell you something, Paul might be a close second. As you read the Gospels and read uh, sorry, the epistles, or which is was Paul's writings, you begin to see some really serious problems. But we know the end result that Paul is one of the greatest apostles of all time. He's 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 got a, a an amazing uh, reward waiting for him beyond what he's already received by being in heaven. He's an example to us. He wrote two thirds of the New Testament. I can't wait to meet Paul in heaven. Man, that guy went through some stuff. And I was just reading today, and I thought, you know what? This is a good time of the year to talk about Paul so that we can not minimize our problems, but just be reminded we're really not going through very much. I don't know about you, but at, at times where my flesh would want to get whiny or my flesh would want to be uh, sad or my flesh would want to think that I don't have what I need or, or look at the world and see what's going on, all those different things, I like to look at people in the Bible and go, man, I got it really, really good. Amen? So I'm going to tell you that as I was reading it, I was actually feeling pretty unworthy of even being a Christian, honestly. I thought, God, I don't deserve salvation. This man deserved it. Now, we know we're not saved by works. But when you begin to read what Paul went through and his attitude about things, it just made me feel like a nobody. It made me feel very unworthy. And I think that's a good place to be sometimes. So then we can bring it back and realize how blessed we are. I'm going to start off by this, by a question. How many have ever had somebody hate you? I mean, really hate you. Really, really hate you. Not just be mad at you but really hate you. Maybe you don't know it, but how many, maybe, maybe you could say yes, maybe you don't know, uh, but maybe you've had somebody even want to take your life. Hate you so much that maybe they wouldn't have actually done it, but they've said, I, I wish you were dead. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but 
Every one of us in here have had somebody hate us. But let me tell you something. You can't even get in the same universe as Mr. Paul. Can you imagine having, as I was reading in, in the book of Acts, how about having 40 men, over 40 men, hate you so much that they make a vow. We're not going to eat or drink again till you're dead. That's pretty serious. Can you imagine that? I guarantee you nobody in this place, I don't care if you're in gangs, I don't care if you were a drug dealer, I don't care what you've done in your life, you've never had 40, over 40 men say, we're not eating or drinking till he's dead. Paul did. You can read it later, and later. don't read it now, Acts 20, because we're going to read a little bit more about it in Acts 23. He, you can read it later. He, he, they say over 40 men, we're not, we're not eating or drinking till this man's dead. That's, no one has had anybody hate him like that. So now I want, I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Go there with me. And I'm going to read this a little bit slow. And, and along with Job in the Old Testament, next time you get your, your little Christmas blues, I want you to go read 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And I want you to look at the things that Paul went through. Now I've read the Bible many times over. But I don't think till today, till this week, I've ever realized how much Paul really went through. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. You realize that that's what Jesus, happened to Jesus? That's called being flogged? He did it. Now, we, I believe that Jesus, and I'm not comparing Paul to Jesus, trust me. I believe that Jesus received more than 39, way more. But he, he got flogged once. Five times in Paul's life, he was flogged with 39 lashes. And the only reason that you can't do 40 is because that would, that's illegal. So he was given the worst punishment five times. Now, we could just stop right there and not read anymore and go, you know what? My life is really good. Can I get an amen? amen. Right? I, 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 don't, I know I don't need to have any of you raise your hands tonight because none of you will for about 90% of this, but I know none of you have ever been flogged. Okay? Let alone five times. Three times, not once, not twice, but three times, I was beaten with rods. Now I know some people in here are fighters, and I know some of you have been hit by things, but three times beaten by rods. Here's the thing, though, as we're reading this. This isn't somebody who has stole something from somebody. This isn't somebody who has assaulted somebody. This is somebody who is simply preaching Jesus. Three times beaten with rods. Anybody in here been stoned? Didn't think so. Each one of these individual things by itself is enough to say, my life is so good. I'm so blessed with the gracious gift of God's grace. Once I was stoned. And if you read that story, because his stories are all throughout the book of Acts, they left him for dead and actually thought he was dead. And the disciples came around him and thought he was dead. And then all of a sudden, Paul, God says, I'm not done with you yet. And Paul just gets up. Pretty much just rose from the dead. Because they thought he was dead. They were figuring out how they were going to bury him. He just got up and walked off. Three times. How many have ever been shipwrecked? Didn't think so. Three times I was shipwrecked. Now that's only one, two, and a half verses. We're going to go to 33. Y'all with me tonight? This is good, huh? It's good to see what other people have gone through. 
so we realize how blessed we are. Once, I spent a whole night and a whole day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger, this might be the worst of all, from men who claim to be believers, but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Now stop there for a second. Go back to that. How many have been cold? Most of you are cold in here most of the time. I'm not talking about that time of cold. I'm talking about cold where you ain't got nothing to cover up with. A cold that is beyond your, your, your current setting. You don't have a way to get warm. Amen? Next verse. Then besides all this, he says, and I think this is kind of interesting as a pastor, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. <laughs> He's like, I've been beaten, I've been shipwrecked, I've been splashed, I've been, but besides all that, I got to pastor churches. He's kind of saying, I don't know if he's comparing them or what, but I'm not saying that. Amen. Just, I think it's funny. Who is weak without my feeling that weakness? Who is led astray and I do not burn with anger? If I must boast, I would rather boast about, listen to this, about the things that show how weak I am. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, who is worthy of eternal praise, knows that I'm not lying. And then the last one's, and then when I was in Damascus, he just throws this in there. The governor under King Aretas kept guards at the city gates to catch me. I had to be lowered in a basket through a window in the city wall to escape from him. How many got a good life tonight? I don't know if you've watched It's a Wonderful Life yet. Hopefully you will sometime before Christmas. Watch it. Look at how good your life is. Count your blessings. You know those things? Those things are so important. I'm sharing from my heart tonight and this Christmas month because I believe that God wants us to learn from other people. Not just mistakes, but to be able to look at other people's lives and say, God, you've been so good to me. You know we sing that song, all my life you have been so good. How many know that when you stop and you read some verses like this, or, or maybe you need to go, and I'm going to mention this a little more on Sunday in a message I'm preparing, maybe you need to go and read the story of Corey Ten Boom, Holocaust survivor, who I mention all the time, became thankful for the fleas that she had in her life. Sometimes we need to get a perspective and I'm not saying, listen, I haven't heard anybody say anything. I'm not, I'm not uh, on Facebook looking at things. I'm just, I'm just trying to remind us that we've got life pretty good. And there are some people in this place that have lots of reasons to complain and lots of things they could be going through. But you guys are such a blessing to me because I watch you and your lives and I see the things you're going through. And I say, you're, you're lifting up my faith by how your attitude is on the situations you're going through. How many know that's what God wants? God wants us to be, Paul would say this, a living epistle. In other words, that our lives would be a living Bible 
that people could look at us and say, look what they're going through, look what they're facing, look what their challenges are, yet they don't curse God, they love God, they're faithful to God, they serve God, they live for God, they tell others about God. That's what God is looking for in our lives because we have a gift today, amen? How many believe we've got a gift that is the glorious grace of Jesus Christ? And I'm reading all that and I'm thinking, God, one side of me saying, Lord, I'm not even worthy to be saved because I haven't been through those things. Now we've all been through things. But when you begin to read something like that, it just makes your problems just, I don't know, maybe I'm not speaking for you, but I'm speaking for me. It makes my problems seem so small. And then I feel like I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not even worthy to go to heaven because I haven't been through those things. And then, then I stop and I say, God, thank you for the gracious gift of grace that I haven't gone through those things. We shouldn't, have, we shouldn't want those things. We should just be ready to go through anything we have to go through. But at the end of the day, when I look back at, at my life, and you look back at your life, we can say, God, you sure have been good. You sure have been faithful to us. How come we haven't had to go through those things? Why? Just God's grace. That's the only answer I can come up with, is God's a gracious God. And his gift is amazing, amen? His gift is eternal. And, and his gift is without asking for us anything in return to receive it. Amen. Now, as once we get saved, we give God our lives, I hope. We give him our everything. I hope we sell our lives out and surrender to God. But to get his grace, he just gives it. If we were to look at each other tonight and look at it the way we act sometimes or live, and we were God, we wouldn't give each other, we wouldn't give each other the grace. But God does. Because it's his gift, and it's the greatest gift. And I want you to remember that all through this month at Christmas, when you, when you sit down every day, every night in your room, and you go to sleep, just be thankful, count your blessings, thank God you haven't been through all the things Paul has, and thank God that even though you haven't, you still deserve heaven, not because you deserve it, but because God says you can come in. And God says he saved you. Amen? How many agree with me? Let's, let's look at one more set of scriptures tonight. So again, the gift of God's glorious grace. It's Ephesians chapter 2. You go back to Ephesians, you go to the next chapter, still New Living Translation. We need to be reminded qu- quite frequently, if not daily, who we were. Tell the person next to you, do you remember who you were? Do you? You need to. We, we can't become saved and forget who we were. That's why these hope renews and testimonies and preaching on the square and passing out cards and telling people about our faith is so important because we are telling people, listen, we used to be just like you and you can be, you can be forgiven. Once you were dead. Tell the person next to you, you were dead. Do you realize that? Because of your disobedience. And now this will be fun for you. Tell the person next to you, because of your many sins. Maybe tell them many, many sins. Amen? You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world. Obeying the devil. Remember those days? The commander of the powers in this unseen world. He is the spirit at work. In the hearts of those 
Keep it right there for a second. Who refused to obey God? How many even recently, I hope, have passed out? I've had this happen twice this week. Attracted somebody. <clears throat> being as nice as I can. Being as cordial as I can. Being as friendly as I can. Being as complimentary as I can. And when they got the track, they made a face. Some of the guys saw it on Friday morning. And it just happened to me again this afternoon. Give it to them. And it's like, all you're trying to do is tell them something can change their life. If they could just have a fast forward to, to, to judgment day, they would look at it different. But there are people who are refusing to obey God. Let me give you another, let me give you another important thing to think about tonight. You did not refuse to obey God. And it's not because you're a good person. It's because of God's grace. We are saved just because of God's grace. When Jesus knocks, how many know he knocks on everyone's door? I come and I knock on your door, and he says, you open up the door, I'll come in and sup with you. Many people refuse to obey God. They don't say yes, they say no, they keep their hearts closed. They're going to spend eternity without God because they obeyed, refused to obey God, refused to accept it, refused to open the door. You better be thankful on a daily basis that you said yes. Because we could have refused as well. And we could go back for a second to verse 1, and we could still be dead. Because of God's glorious gift of grace tonight, you're alive. And not only are you physically alive, you're spiritually alive, which is way more important. Back to the other verse, please. I think let's go to 3. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our own nature, we were subject to God's anger. There's another plug-in, why we have God's gracious gift of grace. When we have God's grace, we don't have God's anger. You can't have God's grace and God's anger at the same time. So when you have God's anger, you don't have God's grace. But when you have God's grace, you don't have God's anger. How many are thankful tonight for God's gracious gift of grace? That he's no longer angry with us. It's a scary thing, the Bible says, to fall into the hands of a living God. But by our very nature, <clears throat> we're subject to God's anger just like everyone else. What makes us different? God is rich in mercy. I'm just, I'm, I'm just a good person. I'm, I'm a godly person. You're, you're God's gracious gift of grace. That's it. And the more I read about Paul, the more I realize, yeah, that's what I am. I'm just, a, I'm just a gracious gift of God's grace because I haven't done anything. I haven't been flogged. I haven't been shipwrecked. I haven't been beaten by rods. I haven't been stoned. None of those things. If that was what it took to be saved, how many are getting what I'm saying? You're reading that and you're thinking, I, I can't get into heaven. Or, or we would have to say, Lord, let me go through those things so I can go to heaven, so I can be like Paul, so I can be accepted. But because of God's grace, that's not why I get accepted. I get accepted because of what Jesus already did. And he loved us so much. How many love Jesus tonight? How many want to love Jesus as much as he loves you? That's our, that's our goal. That's our job. That's our daily, daily, Lord, let me love you 
1,000, I wrote in my Bible, let, Lord, let me be 1,000, one, you know, the da- whatever that thing, a fraction, one millionth of what Paul was. Let me do something to show you that I love you as much as you love me. That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. See, that's the gospel right there. We've got to remember that it was kind of funny. Kristen, I think a couple days ago, she said, uh, what chapter are we supposed to be in in Luke? Because you remember I told you to start reading on Luke, and you'll get the Christmas story. And she was kind of hoping the Christmas story would be a little bit longer. She's like, we're on day five, and he's already been baptized. <laughs> but the, how many know that the Christmas story begins with his birth, but it ends with his death and his resurrection? And Christmas doesn't mean anything if we don't have the resurrection. And Easter doesn't mean anything if we don't have his birth. So it's the whole story, all together. That's why we're blessed tonight. That's why we have God's grace, because of his death and his resurrection. Look at this. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved. Just ponder that for a second. See, we live in a works-oriented world. We live in a world where in our flesh we think, God, I, I, I read what Paul did, and I, I'm not worthy. I, I, I might as well give up and quit. I can never go through those things, nor, if I'm going to be honest, do I want to go through those things? Does anybody in here want to go through those things? Any of those things? Of course not. But we don't choose what God puts on us. We just have to obey what he puts on us and be faithful in what he puts on us. And so far to this day, I'm really thankful that I haven't had to have Paul's life. But I'm also not going to have Paul's crown. So... Everybody has to, has to deal with what God puts on them or allows them to go through and be faithful to that so that when we get to heaven, we get that reward. But we have to be constantly reminded of that at this time of the year, that, that we're working for a reward. Amen? <coughs> Musicians, you can begin to come. Watch this. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Because we are united with Christ Jesus. That's a little hard for us to contemplate, isn't it? Seated in heavenly realms with God. Keep reading. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples, watch this, of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us. As shown in all that he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you, this is Ephesians 2.8, by what? Somebody shout that out. By his gracious, glorious, glorious, gracious gift of grace, okay? When you believed. When was the last time you thanked God that you believe? (coughs) Amen? You didn't have to believe. Going back to those prior verses, how many refused to obey? How many refused to believe? Be thankful that somebody gave you the gospel and you believed, or you would still tonight be dead in your trespasses. Amen? And you can't take credit for this. This In the New King James, it says, it is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. So God says, I'm going to get you into heaven, but it's not going to be because of anything you did. So here's the interesting thing. This is what this is, what this is all boiling down to. Even though Paul went through all those things, 
that we read. Beaten by rods, lashes five times, stoned, shipwrecked, cold, hungry, all those things. Forty men vowing not to eat or drink till they kill him. All those things. I'm going to still go and you're still going to go to the same heaven as, as Paul. That's not fair. How many, how many would say that's not fair? Honestly. In, in our terms, that's not fair. That I would get to go to the same place as Paul. But God says it's fair. Because he says, you're not getting in here because of the lashes that you took. You're not getting in here because of the shipwrecks you had. You're not getting in here because of the ties you gave. You're not getting in here because of the time you were stoned. You're not getting in here because of the times you fasted and prayed. You're coming into heaven because of my glorious, gracious gift of grace. And that's what we have to pass out this Christmas time is the grace of God. So no one can boast. Not even Daddy Yankee. Not even famous people. Amen? Because before Daddy Yankee got saved, I was way more blessed than him. Now if he's truly saved, which I hope he is, we're equally blessed. He may have a lot more money and fame than me, but we serve the same Jesus. Amen? You can't take credit. Let me finish that part. You can't take credit this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. I like this. For we are God's masterpiece. Tell the person next to you, you're God's masterpiece. Bet no one's ever called you a masterpiece before. They've called you a piece of work. Right? God says you're a masterpiece. We need to go back and read these things and remind ourselves when the world's telling us other things, when our, our mind is telling us other things, when our situation's telling us other things, I'm a masterpiece. I'm God's masterpiece. I preached a whole message on that one time. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Tonight when you go to bed, remind yourself, before God said, this is pretty crazy, let there be light, he was thinking about you. Isn't that unbelievable? Does that blow anybody else away? Before you, when you wake up tomorrow and you start your day and you might, as they say, wake up on the wrong side of the bed, and you have a bad outlook on today, remind yourself, I'm God's masterpiece. And God had plans for me for today way before he said, let there be light. That's hard for this mind to understand, but our spirit can understand it. How many believe it? How many believe that that's true? If God says it, it's true. Father, thank you for your gift. The gift of grace, glorious grace that we do not deserve tonight. Lord, thank you for your blood. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for loving me when I'm not lovable. 
And thank you for allowing me to go into heaven that I don't deserve. And thank you for making me alive when I was dead. Lord, I believe in you tonight with every fiber of my being, everything that I am. And I pray tonight, Lord, that as we go through the rest of this Christmas season, every time that thought tries to come to us that we're down, we're, we're hurting, we're missing, we're this, we're that, we'll remind ourselves, God, how blessed we are and how, how gracious your gift is of grace that we have, have not had to go through those things. Lord, that we wouldn't punish ourselves or self-inflict ourselves or cause ourselves to think we have to do certain things for you to love us more because that's not what your word says. You love us first, and we love you because you first loved us. How, how many all over this place with heads bowed and eyes closed could say, I don't know Jesus tonight? You're here for the first time. You've never heard the gospel. You've been here a thousand times. You've heard the gospel over and over again. But you don't know Jesus personally. You don't understand tonight what Jesus has done on the cross. I have given you a clear picture tonight of what the gospel is. You're dead. You deserve death. I deserve death. I deserve eternal damnation, separation from God. I could never line up with what Paul went through. Paul deserves heaven. We would say Paul's, Paul's in. He is a true saint. But that's not what got Paul to heaven. What got Paul to heaven was his belief in what Jesus did on the cross. It's the same thing that's going to get us into heaven. And there's going to be a lot of people who've done amazing things in this world and have sacrificed and been hurt and gone through all kinds of things and been, been charitable and given money and, and done all kinds of amazing things. But if they don't put their faith in Jesus, they will not make heaven their home because it's not what we do that saves us. It's belief. Belief in what? That Jesus took your place. On that cross, he who knew no sin became sin for you so you could become the righteousness of God. Tonight, all you have to do to be saved is say, I believe. I believe Jesus took my place. How many all over this place tonight would say, Pastor, pray for me. Here's my hand. Just lift it up and put it down. I want Jesus. Just put it up and put it down quickly all over this place. I don't know the Jesus you're talking about, but I want to. That's why we're here tonight. So you can be saved. So you can know Jesus. So you can be born again, the Bible says. Amen. Maybe you know the Lord. Maybe at some point in your life you said that prayer, but tonight your life does not line up with a child of God. You're, you're in disobedience. You're not walking with God. You're not doing the thing God's calling you to do. You're, you're in disobedience. You're in anger. You're frustrated. You're in unforgiveness. And tonight you need to get back on track. You're not here by accident. You want to rededicate your life tonight. Just lift up your hand. I want to pray with you all over this place. Let's stand tonight. And as we do, I want to pray a sinner's prayer before we open up this altar for anybody that could be watching tonight online. This is between you and God, church. As you stand up and you stay in reverence to God, this is what it comes down to. This is where the rubber meets the road. Do you believe in God's gracious gift of grace? You have to receive it. You can't add anything to it. Paul didn't say those things. To brag, he didn't say those things because he thought that that got him into heaven or that he thought that it made God love him anymore. He just simply said it. It's what he went through. And he will have a crown. He will have a martyr's crown. He will have all five crowns that you can get. He'll get them all. And he'll be blessed in heaven.
But tonight, that's not how you get to heaven. It's by simply believing in the gospel that Jesus took your place. I want everyone to say this with me as those that are watching online or this, you could be listening to this podcast a year from now. It could be a year later. It could be two years later. And you're listening to this. Someone shared this with you. And right now, you're in a place of desperation. You're in a place of despair. You might be sitting in your car contemplating suicide. You might be in a place where you just lost your job. You might be in a place where your family has left you or you're getting a divorce or you're just, you're just, you're just, everything's falling apart and right now you don't know what to do and God is saying, I've got you. I've got you. I, I can change your life. Just give me your, your obedience. Just give me your heart and I'll, I'll, do, I'll make all things new. I'll transform you. I can come in and intervene, and and I can fill the void. Maybe you're listening right now, and you've got it all together. Maybe you're sitting in a nice brand new car, and you've got a big house, and you've got lots of money in the bank, but you feel empty. And tonight, you don't know why you're so empty, and you're thinking about suicide. You have everything the world could ever offer, but you feel empty. It's because Jesus is the only one who can fill that void. Whoever you are tonight, repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I believe in your word that I am dead in my sin, lost without you. The wages of my sin is eternal death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I ask you to forgive me tonight. For all of my sins, all of my mistakes, all of my failures. And I ask you to wash me clean with your precious blood that you shed on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe, not just with my mouth, but in my heart, that you rose from the dead, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You are God's gracious gift of grace. I receive you, and I'm going to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, Go to our website at vwotexas.com.